I was sitting there thinking like, you should have saved this crap for the podcast. Man. That was good. Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. We are dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now let's join our hosts, Brian, Jada, and Kylie. Hey guys, this is future Brian jumping back in. Uh, we're back this week with my four pastor friends, as you can hear. And also, as you can tell in the intro, uh, they actually started talking before I hit record this time. Uh, so it got started a little abruptly. We talk about the presence of a security team. Uh, we talk about the placement of some of the members. And we also talk about how to select security team members and just so much more. I hope you guys really enjoy this one. All right, ask that question at the beginning and we'll go over that again. I don't remember. What, I didn't ask the question. What was the question? We weren't even talking about questions. I don't even what know what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, we were, okay, so we were talking about yes. that uh, you don't know how many incidences your safety team has actually prevented because presence is a huge show yeah. of compassion mm-hmm. and force. Yeah. yeah it, and so, absolutely. like, if somebody comes in and, and, and they're meaning to do harm, but everybody ignores them, it's solidifying in their mind sometimes that psychological problem that they may be dealing with that they're thinking everybody hates them and everybody's against them, so they're mm-hmm. here for the right reason now. You know, they're here to do some harm. Mm-hmm. And they're just, a lot of them, while they're going to do something horrible and heinous, heinous and evil, they're, they're really just crying out for help. You know, and so that, that show of presence that says, you know, you're going to have to get through me to do anything bad, but also I want you to know I'm extending my hand to you to tell you welcome. You know, sometimes that, that has helped prevent things. And one of the things we were talking about was that, you know, some some studies I think that we've seen have have indicated that the active shooters were thinking and reconsidering right up to the moment of pulling the gun out. Yeah. So if there had been something else in place to say, meet that person on a one on one level and say, Hey, you okay today? Welcome to the church. We're glad to have you. If you want to stick around afterwards and ask us any questions, we'd love to talk. You know, that kind of personal contact is what some of them are really craving and they don't know how to get it. Mm-hmm. So, now that you've got your wicked people, sure. Yeah. They're just going to yeah, do yeah. harm. Well, but, right. well you, know, you know, presence is the first step on that use of force ladder right. that right. we teach. You know, just being there in a place sometimes stops certain things and or the presence that you are, you know, emitting by the way you're <laughs> standing, walking, whatever. Uh, you know, just that a lot of times will stop. That stops a person from being a target. The first thing I teach when I'm teaching like women's self-defense and stuff like that, I bring them in and say, listen, if you will walk with confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody said, walk like you have a clipboard in your hand. That's like Jada and Kylie's favorite way of saying it. <laughs> but, you know. If Not you, a phone. Clipboard. <laughs> clipboard. Yeah. Like, walk totally walk like you're in charge of something. Yeah. You're going to be less likely to be picked as a target to begin with. Right. right. And that's, that's the thing. Unless, if you do that, then like statistics show like 95% of the time, Unless they are like looking for you in right. specific, mm. uh, they're going to pass you along. Yeah. And I mean, right. so yeah, and even the, in the context of it, like a church, just the fact that you have a, a security team, safety team, whatever you want to call it, just the fact that people see them at all is sometimes is enough to make them say like, "Nah, I think I'll pass." Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Well, let me ask yeah. you a question. Yes, you mentioned something about having um, golf carts out in the parking lot. Sure. And you may want to cut this out because you may not want to answer this no. line. Oh, okay. Well, um, do they? Do you have uh, security on the carts? Mm-hmm. Is that where your security starts? Uh, as far as marked security, yeah. or as far as security team members security on the carts? Team members. Yeah. yeah. So we now this is a whole other thing too. It's taken us a while to get here, but Scripture talks about you know where your treasure is will oftentimes be a revealer of your heart or your values. So we intentionally and strategically um, 
build into our budget funding for our security team so that not only can we maintain the level of security that we have, but also that we can continue to grow. So over the last 15 years, we have purchased two golf carts for the purpose of security for patrol uh, so that, you know, cars don't get vandalized, but also so that uh, just situational awareness. But then we also have additional two other golf carts that is that's just for visitors for people okay. to be able to uh who are elderly or unable to get from because our, our parking lot's fairly large uh for them to get from point a to point b mm -hmm. so we have four carts two of them are for security only and then two of them are for um for guest service teams okay. uh, now that, that same thing in mind at times when you're on security sometimes you're giving people rides because it's still first point of contact and right. if you're there mm -hmm. you don't want to go like nah uh, ask that dude over there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I'm before, not that guy. yeah, you need I just carry the there. guns. Yeah. Yeah. I'm too good for this. Yeah, that's that's right. But even before we had the golf carts, we uh, we allowed them to use one of our vans. Uh, so that they could do the same thing, but it just wasn't in the golf cart. They used the van instead mm -hmm. of the golf cart. Uh, but with the same thing, uh, the, with the radios have been a game changer for 100%. our security 100%. team. 100%. And a lot of our security team, they have purchased their own uh, radios, but we also give them access to one of our radios. They have their own independent channel that they communicate mm -hmm. to one another through. Uh, and that is happening in the parking lot. That's happening in the children's wings. That's happening in the... Uh, so... We have two security guards that sit in the service while uh, I'm on the platform or while worship is happening. And then we have security out in the rotunda or the lobby area. We have security out in the parking lot area. We have security in the children's area. And then we have security that are oftentimes in the uh, skywalk that connects the children's area or the educational wing to the place of worship, the sanctuary. So they're all communicating constantly and uh, making sure that they're doing check-ins regularly. Right. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask is because I think our welcoming team and our security team, which is the same thing at our church, um, is the first point of contact should be out in the parking lot. Sure. Mm -hmm. Especially if somebody is, is new, they've never yeah. been there before. Right. And uh, that's one thing. I've got one guy that he does that great. I mean, absolutely. If it's raining outside, he'll grab an umbrella and he'll go walk people in. Sure. Mm -hmm. And he's he's uh, not the leader, but he is he's the leader when it comes to that. Because yep. he, he did that one Sunday, and uh, the rest of the team just started grabbing umbrellas and bringing people in. I thought, now this is what I've been trying to get to happen for the last 18 years. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But, um, yeah, and I, that's what I was wondering because, like I say, he is on the security team, and he does – he does that really well. He 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 meets people out in the parking lot and he'll he'll walk them in. Especially if he doesn't know them, he right. you know he's he's the first one out there. Yep. I don't have to ask him. Don't have to tell him. He just does it. And that kind of goes back to something we said earlier too. That you know you're you're very selective. You're you're picking people with a servant's heart, not the guy who's fully equipped. That's good. You know uh, because the servant heart mentality is what's necessary in the church for any position. Right. And so what you have there is somebody who's just got the right mindset to be there for people and be that first point of contact and then, you know, to lead it in the right direction if it needs to go. So that's awesome. And he is, he's been at church for a little over three years now and he came because he and his wife were having trouble mm -hmm. and they contacted me because I knew the family and started having uh, counseling services with sessions. Okay. Told you I could do Porky Pig. <laughs> Started having counseling sessions with, with them, and then um, 
to watch God change him over the last three years and his wife. Yeah. It's just been awesome. Praise God. I mean, it's it awesome. been awesome. Yeah. So. That is awesome. Wow. And I think that goes back to, you know, one of the beautiful, unintentional benefits of security team is it helps people get connected mm-hmm. that otherwise would not be connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way that we schedule our teams is usually we we always have them partner with individuals. So if you're in the skywalk, you're, there's two people there. If you're at the door, there's two people there. Children's area, there's two people. And we intentionally have one that is probably more skilled at uh, firearm safety and uh, reaction for that. But then we also have an individual that may not be, uh, but is very good with people, you know, and has maybe has more of a leadership quality or leadership giftedness that could de-escalate a situation with not a firearm, but with their voice or mm-hmm. with their mannerisms. So, right. right. Yeah. I think it goes back to the importance of a safety team. It's just as important as a youth or a kid's worker or someone you know, we're, we're so, some of us get stuck in an old school mentality of, well, if there's no kids worker, well, there's no kids church. Well, if there's no safety worker, well, then there's no safety, yeah, you know, yeah. and it goes beyond. It's just as important as a worship team member or a choir member, whoever's there to do what we refer to as church stuff, yeah. you know, whatever. It's so important for that person to be there um, in today's mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's changed? You know, what's changed about today? I mean, there's just as much evil in the world as there always was. Sure. Um, but what's changed in the world now, I think, is the the distance between the morality of people. You know, people are distancing themselves from churches anyway. We all know, we're all aware right. that church is on a decline. It's just the facts. Yeah. And so if we can, we can kind of see that distance and see that detachment, that's where all of these people are coming into churches and pulling out guns and doing all these negative things. Um, we see that detachment. So therefore I feel like it's a necessity to have a, a church safety team. It's not, Oh, I guess we'll have one. Maybe we'll have it one day. No, it's just as important as any other ministry that's out there. And you have to figure too, that like the safety team itself is there when, when you do it right and you, and you work with your congregation and you see the needs and you fill those gaps that like that, that safety team is there to, to help our congregation. Mm-hmm. Like they're there, like you said earlier, like it's not just about stopping an active shooter. That's yeah. part of the training. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because we have to be aware of that. But we had a situation where, um, I, I know we've all been uncomfortable in church before. Right. And I'm not talking about because of the preacher I'm saying, that. <laughs> like, you know, but we, maybe some people have felt that too, but like, <laughs> we've all had uncomfortable situations because people are so varied in their personalities mm-hmm. and their mannerisms. And, and so you'll have people who will, the bigger your church becomes or, or the more it's known for this niche or that niche, which you can't avoid, you'll have people who, who think that they know everything, or you'll have people who think that, you know, they're better than the church, or you'll have people who totally disregard the fact of what, what the church is doing right now, that we're creating an atmosphere of worship and a mentality for people to be able to engage with God and, and, and be uninterrupted. And so, you know, you, we had a situation where in our parking lot, somebody pulled up during the service and it wasn't to break into anything. They pulled up during the service because they were in the middle of an argument on the highway right beside of us and decided to pull in and finish the argument in our parking lot. Yeah. Well, that meant that everybody was hearing what was going on. On a Sunday morning? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> So everybody knew what's going on. They were heading to church. No, they didn't <laughs> park. They like they like they like pulled in the parking lot 
pod. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah. And you could hear them inside the car yelling. They got out of the car, started yelling at each other. And you don't know, I mean, when anybody is around that in in the grocery store or in Walmart, like you walk away from that. Mm. You know, that's uncomfortable because people yeah. don't have sort of a cultural mm. mentality all of the time to say this is inappropriate for public. Like keep your, well, I mean, we see it with social media. People post their junk where it should right. be posted, you know, yeah. so they do the same thing in, in real life. Mm. And so some people will bring their junk. Mm. just wanting a place to to have their junk and you know we want to we want to be able to be accommodating and help people through that but there's also a time and a place and so with this situation these people were yelling at each other well that makes people nervous because people see yelling and it usually escalates into physical altercations you know and so our safety team was able to go over and say hey you know if you if you guys have problems we we have marriage counseling here um, we have all sorts of things we can help you with, but we just want you to know right now is not the time and the place for this. You're making people uncomfortable. If you're going to argue, we're just going to ask you if you'd get in your car and go to that church down the road and do it. So, <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, but they, they just they sent them on their way. They let them know that's right. that they weren't allowed to do that there in the parking lot. The parking lot wasn't a you know a boxing ring. No, and yeah. so and people sort of look at churches as like a free space to do anything mm. any day of the week. You know, I mean. People will park in the parking lots in odd places. You know, yeah. people will use them as pull-throughs, all those things. You know, it's like everybody who sells something on Facebook Marketplace meets at a church, you know, <laughs> like a Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Oh, you got yeah. people out there selling stuff, you know. So sure. you, you have to watch it. And, and that's where the safety team came in to, to really make the other people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's right. That, you know, we're just not going to allow this kind of mentality to happen at this point in time. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I think the, the way that you judge the success of your security team is does it – end up in a bad situation you know in other words the security team's job is to address concern and then to de-escalate yes um so that it doesn't become something that has unintentional consequences we had uh last year we had a lady who showed up while another woman who was she was accusing of some nefarious activities um was in the congregation worshiping so this lady showed up and started putting flyers of what she was accusing the woman in the oh service God. of doing wow. uh, with her husband. So she was putting it on every windshield. And the security team, you know, went right behind her, never addressed it, just went behind her and pulled up every flyer from the windshield. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's right. That, no, it, but it did have her phone number and address. Oh, you know, oh, and, uh, oh fantastic. <laughs> So, once again, which sounds funny and crazy, but that's the stuff that, once again, yeah. our, our security team is able to address. And can you imagine the humiliation of if that lady who was worshiping would have come out to find that flyer, right. and her children would have found that flyer, right. on, regardless of if it was true or not. Right. Uh, she would have never felt like she could ever show her face in our community, but more or less our church. church you know? yeah. uh, so, once again, just... Sometimes the security team, they begin the dis- de-escalating situation pretty quickly. And, right. Uh, that's, that's a success. That's a win. And what, you're, and what you're looking for is somebody who, in that safety team, to not just run to you and say, do you think we should take these flyers off? That's right. You know, oh, yeah. I'd never find exactly. out half of it. That's right. No, no. Right. You have to have a, a, a person who is... Uh, thoughtful enough to say, okay, this is not good, guys. We need to we need to take these. And it, you, you don't need someone running to the leadership every single time. You need someone to make a decision. That's it. And that's the that's the thing about this. We go back to selection thing. Yeah. That's the thing about the selection of the person is so, you know, so important. We had so many things. It's just like you said earlier. Yeah. Um, you'll never find out. You'll find out about it afterwards. That's right. Uh, I've had so many times where. We'll say, well, something was happening in the parking lot. I just want to let you know this is what's going on. We we called the cops and it's over. 
you know, especially when we were at the shopping center, we shared a, a one side of us was a Chinese food restaurant. And the other side was a uh, one of these sweepstakes places. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, mm. and that just attracts, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, not good people. And so, uh, so the smells that would happen on a Sunday morning, we'd have to go in there and like spray down sure. everything. Menthol, <laughs> 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 menthol, and sesame chicken. So we totally have to get one And so something was happening next door at that place, and you know, we never, you know, it did not. You do not want service interrupted you know because the spirit of god may be doing something in somebody's life and then all of a sudden but you have that person who's going to go hey hey, wait a minute should we call the police you know no just call somebody (laughs) um we should not know about that if something's going on on a sunday morning or something like that so that's perfect yeah that's exactly right you need the people in place who are going to take charge mm -hmm. do the right thing and they're going to be doing what you would do if you were available at that moment right you know and it's it's exactly right like we should as pastors we should never know what's going on unless some active harm is going to be done to the people while we're with them right there at that moment there are things we do debriefings after service Mm. and so when we do the that that sounds way more technical professional than it actually than it is. Is. Yeah, <laughs> right. it's really like we all right. stick, we you're know, in the situation room me and the guy <laughs> sticking around afterwards we're like everything good you good yeah. cool everybody good everybody got out here alive none uses good news <laughs> none good news man you know yeah. so um, and we'll address you know like locks got stuck or something yeah. like that he's like hey man I had a problem with the lock on the downstairs door today so I'm gonna come by tomorrow and I'm gonna fix it for you yeah. or we're gonna get somebody to replace it you know it's, those are huge things that we need to know about That's but it. we don't need to know about them in the middle of the service, right? Mm-hmm. You want people out there who can make those good decisions that you absolutely trust that you're not going to be as the pastor ultimately because you are responsible. And, the, you know, if anything bad happens on that property, they're going to come to talk to you. That's right. They want to talk to the head. They want to talk to the shepherd. That's right. So you want to make sure that that person in the parking lot made the decision that you can live with. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. You know, and so that's where that huge bond of trust comes in. That's right. Yeah, we meet every Sunday morning. I meet with the security team before the service, and uh, we give an opportunity for our head of security to give any updates. And we will also communicate, hey, today is a candy drive or today is a food drive. So you're going to see a lot of bags. Don't be alarmed by that. You're going to see, you know, we're gathering shoes, so boxes are going to be coming in. That's not normal. But we want to make you aware of those people. That, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so ticking, you need to have somebody on. <laughs> yeah. 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 The shoebox is ticking. For That's me. right. <laughs> but we also use that time uh, to not only communicate and to inform, but to pray. So we, uh, you know, yep. we cast some vision, and then I'll give them some, because a lot of our security team they serve once a month. Uh, so they're not able, they're forfeiting their opportunity to worship that day in order to serve. So I'll give them a brief synopsis of what we're going to be communicating today. And yeah. don't forget your primary responsibility, you're an ambassador of Christ. There's going to be right. people that are going to be coming through those doors that are hurting. And uh, you have the opportunity to be grace and truth and love uh, in those moments. Right. So it's, it's a recalibrating opportunity as yeah. well. And you were talking about selection, and I cannot overemphasize the importance of training. Mm, Uh, And, you know, we have a lot of great resources. We have Richie Simmons, who is our sheriff. The sheriff's department will come in. Brian is a great resource for that. But it is... It's dual purposes. Once again, it makes them more efficient and uh, makes them more equipped, but it also creates a brotherhood or a sisterhood, a community aspect mm-hmm. when you bring them together and you're there for the same purpose. Right. So it's just good fellowship. It's, good. So it's, it, it's a win-win. So if you're looking for safety team, Impact Defense done online <laughs> would be a great place That's to exactly start. Right. <laughs> I appreciate the plug. Hey, yeah. yeah. We, we really do go around and help a lot of 
a lot of churches either in training or even set up process or whatever. So it's a it's it's a joy for us to do that. I got a group of guys that come help me out and do that. We don't charge the churches anything. We just kind of they'll throw a donation our way sometimes, and sometimes they don't. And either way is okay with us. So we just want to help. Um, you guys are talking a lot about selection and stuff like that. How do you do? You screen? Do you guys do background checks? Do you do you do some type of What's your selection process outside of that person's personality is a decent fit? Okay, because yeah. I think we've covered that. Mm-hmm. But like, what's that next step? Do you do you do a background check? Do you kind of look at? Do you ask other people about them? You know, like we is do this a guy college kind of a clown on the week or what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, um, whatever. Brian uh, puts on a hood and he mugs them in the parking lot of the grocery store to see how they react. We're going to see if they, and if they give him the gospel. Yeah. He hires if them. Material. If so, they run away screaming like a little girl, him, right? Yeah. We actually we actually rent a chimpanzee and if he beats the chimpanzee, then they make it. If they cannot, then they're disqualified. <laughs> Hey, I, want, so I want the number of that chimpanzee. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, can, I, can I borrow that guy? Ask it again. Ask it again. <laughs> can we? Do we have to start over? Uh, uh, no, half that was great. Half that was great. <laughs> everybody, everybody, be quiet for thirty seconds. It's going to be hard, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Edit this. Okay, now, now we're back in. All right, where were we? Sorry. So you were selection asking the process. selection process. Yeah. What, what, how we screen uh, yeah. for? You know. Okay, after after we understand that this person's personality, at least as far as you are concerned, as far as you see, they have the right personality for it. Let's be honest, people are not always sure. always who they are. So like how do you right. find out if yeah. they are honestly the type of person that needs to be on the team or not? Yeah, so we have expectations of a background check. Uh, mm-hmm. We use Protect My Ministry uh, to in order to do that. We've had some people who have declined to serve because they do not want us to run or to <laughs> perform a background check. Now, one of the reasons that we do that for security is because the way that we rotate, our security team uh, does have access to the children's wing. And to work with children, you always, without exception, have to have a background right. check. So that's right. kind of our policy, so it's a non-negotiable for us. Yeah. So it's created some tension. Uh, at times, but it's one that we just don't, there's no wiggle room for us. Yeah, same. Background checks are, you know, whether they're coming through the county or coming, Protect My Ministry is a great resource. Yeah. Today's the first day I've ever heard of that. Oh, it's, yeah, it's awesome. It is, yeah. yeah, we use it too. So it's it's one of these things where uh, you can't, it's like, you can't afford not to be too safe. You know, we yeah. all know this is a, this is a you know, protect protecting protection mm-hmm. podcast so yeah. i mean the whole thing is about being saved yeah. so yeah for us it's protect my ministry it's running background checks it's you know doing some interviews you know have you ever had experience with this before um and just you know and going for it but most of the time if it's law enforcement or military like you said you have a lot of military guys they're they understand and know that's okay um you run my run my background it's fine most people are going to be like that if they are you know, people who we're asking to, to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that's what we use. It's, it's a great tool. It's a great tool. Most individuals who have a concealed carry, they have had. Already. Yeah, but there are things in people's past that they don't want their pastor to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't care if the sheriff's department knows about it, but they don't want their pastor to know. So that's where we have run into some Well, they instances. don't want the people they worship with to know. That's it. Right. That's too. it. It's like yeah. they want a clean break, and, and we should give them that. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So I, so I get it, and I respect it, but it's just a non-negotiable for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. For us, we, um, we, we struggled with that because we wanted to define a selection process, right? And we wanted to try to have something on paper that we could report to. And we, we really struggled. And we fell into the realm of um, absolute trust, you know, definitely background checks. Those are like logisticals that, that we're going to do that are going to be done. Um, for us, we also looked at it like 
this person's a servant to the church. So we actually import the qualifications for a deacon in First Timothy 3. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And uh, we actually look because that's a character of a person who wants to serve, right? And so I think we all know one of the reasons that the deacon is told he has to he has to be tested first, even though that's not described for us. It's just it's that some sort of a testing process has to occur within the church. Um, one of the reasons behind that, I think we all can agree, is because if somebody wants to serve, they're willing to wait. Mm-hmm. And if somebody wants to lead, they want to do it now. And so that in itself sort of calls that's, out personalities. That's, that's deep. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and so and that was where we were going with this because we were thinking the same thing. Like biblically, like how do we get somebody in this kind of a serving position? And then we're like, oh well, you know, there there is a servant. It's a deacon, right? Yeah. And and so not all of our deacons are, are safety team or vice versa at all, but. Yeah. That's just such a generic platform to look at a servant heart mm. that is just there in Scripture, and God's already got it kind of laid out for us. You know, I mean, we're looking at the the home life of this person. Uh, do, do, would this person show up to church and and them and their wife walk off in separate directions, fuming at each other every Sunday? Probably mm-hmm. don't want that heart and attitude coming in and carrying a gun or wanting to encounter somebody. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, is this person you know financially stable? I mean, is this person looking? Like they've got their home life in a decent direction, something that would model the gospel, something, again, that would I trust them with my wife and kids, you know? Those are huge things for us in that selection process. We And then we wait. We, we do a lot of waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody should ever get in a hurry on this. I don't think – I think the worst thing you could do is get in a hurry to try to model your safety team like the church down the road because I'm hearing right. stuff from you that I could never implement at my sure. church. A golf cart at my church would be just uh, – well, we're in Northern Davidson County, so yeah. we'd have four wheelers actually. So, yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> hey, I mean, or, or side by side, that's you know. Right, yeah. But like, it would make sense for my church, you right. know, the church I serve. So, uh, that's great for yours, but for us, it's like I couldn't take your model and import it. That's right. right. So you have to be so patient over yeah. this, and you, and that's where the trust and the faith comes in. Is that you're going in the direction you've cast the vision, you're, you're moving in the direction you're putting the pieces together, but you also are very dependent on God to bring the right people in, mm-hmm. and you're watching these people, you're seeing. You know, we have all probably had people who came up to us and say, hey, I want to, I think there's a security team going around here. I want to get on that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, we, we'll talk to you about that later, you know, sort of thing. And it's like when somebody wants to do that, it's like, mm, that's a huge red flag for us because we want to be careful. Yeah. We want to watch and, and see, like, well, why do you want to do this? Are you, mm-hmm. you know, are you wanting to protect the flock or you want to do something here at church and not be involved in the worship service. If you have somebody who wants to use it as a way to not have to sit in the worship service, that's the wrong heart. That's right. You know, any kind of service that replaces your worship, you got a different, you got a bad mentality on both of those. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you have a person like that who wants to get out of church, so to speak, Mm-hmm. And, and Rome, then no, you don't really want that for your church. At least, at least in my opinion, is right. I would not want that person. Mm-hmm. I, I can't trust their decisions that I can live with them. You know, so our selection process becomes very long and drawn out. We watch, uh, we talk, we we hardly ever approach people on the first go round on anything. We usually watch over the long term and see what's happening, and and, and we we have meetings and discussions. You know, to say, hey, I think I, I, we see something in this person, and and we like the way that their servant heart is coming out, and and things like that. And then we'll we'll start talking to people, and we'll say, you know, if there is an opening, we'll uh, we, we may talk to you. We know we never try to make it like an offer or an interview or anything like that. We always say if because normally we have everything in place that we need. Mm-hmm. You know, so what we're looking is for alternates and things of that nature. But that selection process is is very time consuming, and that's okay. Yep. That's okay because you get to see people. Yeah. Yeah. What Brandon's talking about, it, it goes back to vision. 
we use for either good or bad, we use security team uh, a little bit as an entry way or a doorway into service uh, and into involvement. We believe at Mount Zion that everyone is created and designed and mandated to serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the expectations for our security team as far as character, um, as far as lifestyle, et cetera, is a little bit less than somebody that's going to be on the platform or going to be teaching mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning. Uh, but we want 100%. So in other words, you don't have to get all your proverbial ducks in a row before you come right, to right. serve at Mount Zion. We want 100% of our people who call Mount Zion home serving. Right. So we use the security team a little bit as a entry level, along with the uh, guest service team, along with cafe team, etc. Um, so we're a little bit more loose on it, uh, but... Background check is is required, uh, but we don't go as far as the standard of if you were going to serve on the board or if you were going to serve as a yeah. teacher, et cetera. So yeah. different mo- different strategy, but same same outlook. Same same That's outlook. Right. Really, right. it is. You know, I mean, we all know a deacon is not somebody who's a pastor. That's right. Mm-hmm. So there is a different level there. So mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Plus, you've got people in place who who can kind of oversee and shepherd that group as well. Yeah. So that's that's the model you have for yours. That's and that, right. That works really well for y'all, I'm sure, because then you've got you've got people you trust who are discipling yeah. somebody else. You know, so that's that's right. A beautiful thing. Yeah. You're discipling people in yeah. that way. That's, and, that's awesome. And we try to create that team mentality where there's once again there's someone that's a little bit more spiritually down the road than the other individual that they're they're partnering with. What we have learned uh, is in Mount Zion's no exception is that people they might come to Mount Zion, visit Mount Zion for the worship and for the preaching, but they won't stay at Mount Zion because mm. of the worship and because of the preaching. Mm-hmm. They will stay if they can get connected in discipleship or areas of service. Right. So therefore, we have tried to create mm. some very open doors to certain areas of service, security being one, uh, guest services being one, the cafe area being one. But we have a more narrow door for areas of teaching, leadership. children's ministry, yes. leadership, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's real good. With the intent of the win of, hey, they're connected to a community. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. That's good. <laughs> we do background checks. And then, uh, like you said, Brandon, I do a lot of observing mm-hmm. of people, trying mm-hmm. to figure out who they are. And, and uh, just believe it or not, since we've been here, uh, I thought of two or three people wow. um, awesome. that would be that would be great. And their names are? <laughs> yeah. Was that social security? <laughs> Good. That's good. Yeah, and I think that goes to, I, th- I think for all of us, we, it kind of seems common to me. We're, we all are trying to approach this with a level of humility yeah. of saying, like, what does God want to do at our church and, and how does he want to form this team and uh, what is this team going to look like for us, you know? And, I mean, again, I can't stress it that I'm so dependent on people who know more about this, who mm. have who have worked with an element of society that I was vaguely exposed to, if at all, you know? I mean, like having an on-duty police officer, law enforcement officer, having an on-duty fireman, uh, yes. the first responders, having somebody who works that profession, they, they have a training that we don't have, that, that not everybody else in society has anyway. And so yeah. to depend on their eyes and say, look, I have somebody you can really trust, you know, one or two people that you can really trust about it, or as many as you can, you can fit into a conversation, whatever it is, but you talk to that person and say, now I see this, what do you see? And then they can bring something else to the table, and it's, it's so good for, for me as a pastor to have somebody like that, because then we can have these long, detailed conversations, mm. and we can really flesh some things out, and then we're at a place where we, we are trusting each other even more 
but also I can see the value that God has just brought to my life from this person. Because I, as a pastor, I don't have it all figured out. I'm, I have to deal with me on a daily basis, and that's the worst struggle in my life. And <laughs> yeah. so I have to, I have a lot I'm working on. I'm a disciple. I'm a learner. You know, I'm trying to grow, and I have to realize where my limitations are. You know, mm-hmm. even though I serve a big God, I serve that same God who, like you said, this other person was created, designed, and mandated to serve right. too. So he's going to do something through them that he is not going to tell me about, and he's not going to do through me. Right. And I have to be able to accept that. You sure. know, so that level of humility to look at that person and say, you know, what personality quirks do you see? What what ticks do you see in this person? It's, it's so valuable to have somebody who's been in that element and they can tell you, well, you know, I've been around this person. I watch them and I see how they respond. I see how they carry themselves. I see how, how they act. Something as simple as how they act when, a, when an uninvited or obtrusive person comes through a, the wrong door. Like, how do you see that person respond? Yeah. You know, that was, that was critical for us to say, okay, when you watch them in these real-life scenarios that are not dangerous but just out of the ordinary, what do you see them do? Because that's going to be a big telltale of how they're going to react in a major situation. Yeah. And so, you know, if they if they ran and hit under a table because they heard the wrong noise, I mean, probably, <laughs> right? We've never had that, but you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> maybe not going to be your safety team. You know? <laughs> it's not just saying, um, yeah. But if they go, you know, trying to tackle everybody who comes through the wrong door, yeah, probably not a good idea either. You know. Well, to capitalize on what you're saying, you know, going back to what you're saying about, you know, all of our churches are so different, right? And and, and I love the fact that you've gathered us all at different spots. Yeah, that's one thing I also wanted to bring out: the fact that, like you were saying, the model at Mount Zion is not going to work at your church. No. Uh, you know, there is not there's not one single model for a security or safety that's team right. for a church. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I think it's so important to have someone like you to come into the church. If someone is, is listening to this or watching this that is that has no safety team at their church and they're looking to start one, it's so important to have someone like you to come in and say, okay, these are the exits. These are what people are looking for. This is where you know a potential you know, dangerous person may sit. You know, All of these things you have to strategically place. I think that would be a perfect way to start is, is to have someone come in and kind of evaluate your, your building because no church is the same. Right. Uh, no church is the same as people mm-hmm. or, or how they you know worship or anything like that. Um, we all worship, we hope we all worship the same God, yeah. that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. That's what we want to make sure yeah. that you know, everything is, that is similar, but... The facilities are different. The people are different. Yeah. The 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 way you get in and out of the building is going to be totally different. So, so I think my suggestion is to have someone like you to come in and say, okay, you have to watch this. This is mm-hmm. what you have to do. Uh, strategically placing cameras in in areas yeah. where yeah. you know you're not turning turn it around to face the pastor. No, we want to see the people. We want yeah. to see faces. Mm-hmm. If something happens, we want to be able to. You know, not to cheap out on cameras or anything like that, like get some good stuff, but like to where you can zoom in on this. This is the guy. This is the lady or whoever. Mm-hmm. What this happened? Yeah. Um, you know, it's so important to to have that evaluation. That's something that we did in our building. We had someone come in and evaluate mm-hmm. our yeah. facility outside, inside, from the time you pull into the parking lot to the time you leave. Yep. Yeah. Um, this these are people's experience. Yeah. yeah, it it shocks me sometimes. So we do we'll we'll do like active shooter threat assessments for businesses and corporations in our area, mm-hmm. uh, and I've done them for churches as well. And I was brought into a, a big warehouse facility, and the things I think familiarity kind of creates blindness. Mm-hmm. Sure, 
for oh, a yeah. lot of people. That is and so I can understand that. It breeds complacency. Yeah. yeah it does. When you, like in, in this situation, the one probably shocked me the most, I was t- taken to a um, this big warehouse and they had their corporate connected to the warehouse and they were talking about, worried about active shooter thing because there was an active shooter at another plant just a, a mile down the road yeah. from this place. And they were worried that something like that might happen there. Mm-hmm. The things that they did not see, uh, easy ways and easy ways that an active shooter could get into a place, because they had these security measures and, and like main entrances, and I was like, they're not going to use the main entrance. Mm-hmm. You see, like these, there was yeah. like seven other ways to get to the corporate areas, yeah. and and the guy that was their head of safety security for that place, he looked at us. I have never once even thought about this. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. And it's just the fact you're in this all day long and you yeah. don't look at certain things in that respect. Yeah. Uh, so just having that fresh set of eyes really does help, honestly. So so the way we have it set up, you, you were talking about you got some people strategically sat in the – they're sitting strategically in, in the sanctuary. Yeah. We have a guy who's watching cameras the entire time. I'm like, mm. that is the boringest job. You know, it is. Yeah. I've done that job. So, <laughs> so like, but, 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 you know, if you have someone who's, oh, let me step out and get some coffee, you know, that's not what you want. You want yeah. someone who's going to be like they're they like that kind of thing but it, it is still it's still super boring i was like can you hear this can you hear the service in there like no we're just looking at camera i'm like we got to get you to to hear something you know because you have to use all of your senses if you're going to be doing this job i think <laughs> yeah i think that's where uh, like the benefit with us is that you have a partner so you can take that moment it's like all right you sit here for a minute i gotta go get some that's coffee good. something good. like that good. that is bathroom. that is vitally yeah, yeah. bathroom breaks because it, it, they happen uh you know especially so, with long-winded pastors yeah yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. like we keep I, on going man that's why i made the announcement at the very beginning of this podcast <laughs> we are that's, at hour that's, number that's, six right now <laughs> <laughs> to be honest this is going to be chopped up into at least two which i'm loving because you know that's good. That's awesome. We are fully caffeinated and ready to go. It's like That's a Jocko right. podcast. <laughs> That's a Jocko podcast. <laughs> are like four hours. Yeah. If somebody says, well, I'll, let me say this and I'll close, then you get for another hour. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Last thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But I do think, Brian, I think that a fresh perspective is essential yeah. and important. And that's what we had to do. Uh, and then, once again, they created a strategy for us. And if when we first looked at it, we thought, this is going to cost us $100,000. <laughs> yeah, 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 cameras. And, <laughs> but what we did was we broke it up. And every year we budgeted a new yeah. element yeah. until, you know, now 15 years into it, we have been able to accomplish much of what we planned for 15 years ago. Yeah, you know? right. And it just now is coming to fruition. But some of those blind spots in our areas. We've learned that if someone wants to do harm, they're looking for the path of least resistance. It's always. And that was, and we always do in life the things that we value the most, and the things that we value the most are oftentimes hard. And that is goes back to the doors that because we have at Mount Zion, we probably have twenty entrances and exits. Mm-hmm. That's a nightmare. So mm-hmm. we had to begin the process of closing some of those that we yeah. opened up to the general public, and that created some negative. Um, resistance and feedback from our congregation yeah. but because we valued it we were willing to to lead through it and the reason we closed some of those exits was because people that was the the least resistance yeah. of somebody wanted to do to do harm but we would have never seen that because that was how we always did mm-hmm. it yeah. until somebody came in and did a walk through our campus to say hey if I was going to kidnap a kid here's an exit and right here's the nursery yeah. so literally they could stay take five steps 
take a child and you yeah. guys wouldn't even know it. So yeah, what do we yeah. have to do? We had to make the hard decision yeah. closing that. You even though lock Sally's door and she can't get into it. That's anymore. it. Even though that was <laughs> Sorry, the Sally, closest <laughs> to way to the adult education wing. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, and what we had to do is we had to tell our congregation, hey, wouldn't you sacrifice in order to provide an extra layer of security and safety for the kids that were called to steward? That's perfect. And uh, you would think the answer would be, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. the response was freak none. We got it. Can you believe this guy? What he's saying? That's it. That's it. So, um, well, yeah. And one of the things that I guess I have a different side of it because I didn't see resistance as much because people were already seeing needs mm. because there was so much vulnerability, vulnerability yeah. kind of already exposed that's it. where we were. And one of those vulnerable aspects was that in a small community, a small community church, everybody in that community somewhere or another ended up with a key to the church. Yeah. yeah like, and so, and so you had some people who were going to be resistant because, wait a minute, this is my, my building. This is my building, my property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I pay my tithes, so That's this right. is my—well, your name's not on the deed, so, you know, we're, we're called to steward this for you. And so you have to address that. But then we also had people who were already asking the question— would I allow my kids' school to have the same safety measures my church has? Mm. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't answer that. They could they they could not say that I would feel safe sending my kid to school the exact same way I bring them to church. Yeah. And when they couldn't answer that in an affirmative or a positive, then they were seeing like, okay, we don't have to have again, we don't have to have you know the full armed guard out there or anything like that walking around. Some churches may, I, sure. I know of at least one church that has armed. You know, on-duty police officers patrolling the campus. Yeah. Like, it is a, a good visual for them. That's, that's the right. culture they've got. Their people are okay with it. They, they love it that way, so that's great. But, you know, it doesn't mean you have to have that full-on presence. But there does need to be some changes in everybody's church yeah. um, to say that we're going to start locking certain doors. Things are simple. And these, this is where the safety team really came in for me was having these eyes. They were seeing things that we weren't ever looking at. Mm-hmm. You know, Lexan on the, the glass of the windows in a uh, in a downstairs door, whereas somebody could have just easily popped through single pane single pane mm-hmm. glass to reach in and unlock the deadbolt and come right in. Yep. We, we put we installed Lexan. It costs us twelve bucks, yeah. you know, and you're not getting through that door now. Mm-hmm. Like you you that is you have taken least resistance and you have you made it more resistant. Yeah, yeah. and you've done it for twelve dollars. That's right. You know, so it was things like that that you did that really started to eliminate those those areas of opportunity for somebody. And it was it was awesome to see because then you're like, you don't even have to worry about that door anymore. Mm, you don't have right. to worry about posting somebody there because it will take a nuclear bomb to go through that door now. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like nobody's going to stand out there and beat away on that door at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning or 9 yeah. o'clock on a Sunday morning. You know, they're just not coming through there now. And that's one of the things we worked on too was how do we funnel – all the pro- potential problems into an area that we could control it. Yeah. You know, and good. what would those potential problems look like? And how do you just eliminate those areas of opportunity for That's somebody? Right. So the thing is, you, you have somebody else come in and you look at these types of things. You have experts in the field come in and do that. You also, a training is another big thing. You guys have mentioned Huge. training several things, yeah. several times. Uh, like, I will say this really quick, and I won't let you guys talk about it, but I know we did, um, so I go to Mount Zion. Um, and I don't think I've said that, but when I'm referencing back and forth, so everybody kind of gets, we did a active shooter training. Mm-hmm. So they asked me to do, uh, so train the guys with some active shooter stuff. And then at the end of that, we run scenario drills. At the end of that, I looked at some of the leadership of the team and they were like, Oh, 
we just found some new holes. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times the training can right. show you holes that you never knew was there. Yeah. Um, so what, what kind of training outside of something like active shooter, what kind of training do you have to think is really important for a security team, safety team to have? Whatever it is, it has to be consistent and regular mm-hmm. because that's going to look like your safety team. There's going to be certain non-negotiables you have to have in a safety team, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to decide those. And I think we all probably agree active shooter. So you start working down from there. Yeah. Where do you want to start looking at? And again, uh, this is probably going to look different for different churches. I think it probably but, will. Sure. But, but it is something that I think, um, I, <laughs> I think I think it is something that, you know, just, just for ideas here yeah. is kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, consistent and regular for us is a huge thing mm-hmm. because you're keeping your team as a team for one thing. Yeah. You know, and the radios, like you said, that's something that has to be brought up. I mean, for for a small church, four to five hundred dollars for a set of radios that are going to be good. Make sure they work through your walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, my church is older, uh, so we've got tons of block and brick everywhere, and we seem to lose cell phone reception everywhere we go around the property. So you know, like you have to have something that'll penetrate that, and we'll, they can communicate with one another. A little bit of money. It's not going to be hard to find, you know. It's not going to be hard to finance. If, if again, where your yep. treasure is, where there your heart is, you yep. know. But you you get into that level of saying, okay, they work together on a regular basis, yeah. you know. And that team, whatever that team looks like, is informed. Communication is huge, and they have regular scheduled trainings. Yeah. Uh, regular scheduled trainings where the active duty law enforcement are looking into things and saying, hey, if I was training my guys on the field. This is what I would do today. So what am I going to do for these guys here at the church? You know, so having somebody who works that environment, who can bring it. And so you're not just sitting there all the time talking about everybody draw as fast as you can. Because, you know, that's the last resort. You don't, any good safety team doesn't want to pull a gun. They don't want to pull a gun. They will have them if your congregation allows them, but they don't want to pull them. And training on de-escalation of force is huge. Mm-hmm. How to how to encounter somebody, how to engage somebody, how to how to talk to somebody, what tone of voice to use. That's right. uh, studying the escalation of force of force uh, characteristics and things like that. Having somebody who can present that in a way that your 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 layman and the security team can can take. And mm-hmm. and having somebody definitely training in hand to hand. I mean, having the team work together on on you don't let two guys duke it out. Like you don't go to fight somebody. You you in this scenario you have the whole safety team positioned in the right way, and you have at least three people who would take somebody out the door. Right. Not somebody not take them out, but somebody who who's not going to stand there and say I'm going to go to blows with this guy. I'm yeah. going to stand here toe to toe with him and box him. Like my goal is to tackle this guy on the floor and have everybody else on the safety team on top of him. Mm. Like we want to be able to control him and overpower him if it comes to that. Hand to hand, different tools that they can carry. Uh, we don't particularly like mace or pepper spray just because the uh the adrenaline causes too much misdirection a lot of times mm-hmm. with that so we prefer to do hand-to-hand and and you know coupon tools and things like that just for something for a little bit of an escalation of force without having to move into firepower but those kind of trainings and rehearsing and teaching some things those are those are so critical you know consistent regular trainings somebody who on the outside can bring it to the table Mm-hmm. I think also, too, uh, an aspect of it is the medical side. You know, we yeah, talked yes. about that, too. To, and we've had, like, several CPR trainings, yep. you know, bringing somebody into the team and saying, okay. And But also, it's so important. Something that I've learned over the years is to pick certain people who are doing certain jobs. So, basically, if, if we have an issue or a situation, 
we don't want everybody calling 911. We want one person calling 911, and that's their job. Yep. Yes. Like, yep. you're the 911 guy. Yep. You're the CPR guy. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you know, clearing the, the, the way out. Um, I don't want to get into the debate what's better and what's not, but, like, we removed our pews out mm-hmm. of our church, and we replaced them with chairs. And that was for several Heretic. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no debate. And no so, debate. <laughs> but, but so we had a lady just pass out one day. Well, they just took those chairs and just pushed them back. I mean, yeah. and so they could work on her. If she would have fell in a pew, you know, that would be very difficult to, to move. Sure. And so that's one of the reasons why we got rid of our pews, but also, you know, that was just the reason that I said. And so, <laughs> so, so it, just, it, it just happened one day. She just fell straight out. The medical team came in. They were able to work on her and, and get her out. Yeah. But um, so it's, it's not... You know, if you got 15 people picking up a cell phone call 911, no one's tending to whatever's happening. Right. So it's also, I totally agree with what you're saying. It's also medical as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah. And so the whole, yeah. the whole aspect of that is, is so important. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's kind of where we were with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in regard to medical, we have, we have three teams that are kind of associated with that we had guest services mm. we had a medical team that awesome. uh just made up of doctors and nurses and then we have a security team and there are neon green sheets uh that are at the guest services desk as well as the security room where our cameras are and in those areas there are numbers of whoever is on duty that particular sunday mm-hmm. uh so our guest services team they know hey if there's a medical emergency we call the doctors if there's security issue we call the security team security right. knows but communication is is, is is the really the key to that yeah you know? and actually training with radios people actually need to do that you can't just say hey i, I got say, radios because yeah. it's it's really bad especially we saw that on uh, when we were doing the active shooter stuff is people like pull that radio up really close to their mouth and start yeah. talking they start yeah. talking really fast and they, they get say. really right. you know, get kind of loud nobody can hear it yeah. what's going on in their ear yeah right well and that was one thing uh Definitely our safety team being headed up by ex-law enforcement, you know, or retired law enforcement, he he has mandated that when our safety team pulls onto the property, they start doing radio checks. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's their first thing. When they're on the property, they say, I'm such and such, and I'm here on property, right? Going to go, I'm going to Sunday school. I'm yeah. going to do this, whatever, whatever, because they're also involved in other things probably. Yeah. But radio checks every day and then, or every service time yeah. that they they come on board, but then they also do radio checks during their trainings. That's good. Like right. they, they dedicate certain amounts of time to just going around the facility and saying, okay, let's make sure we've covered everywhere to everywhere. Because again, block, brick, all that interferes right. with your radio frequency. Uh, then not to mention when you have other people and electronic devices going on, mm. you know, but those radio checks are huge. And I would say too, that the pastor has to be intimately involved you don't have to run the safety team but you have to be intimately intimately involved in the training because you have to be ready to be the calmer in a serious event because your safety team is going to be busy keeping people safe your job as the pastor you have to train with your team you have to stand in a pulpit you have to have times when nobody else is at church and the team's going to run through scenarios you know where it would be something as in uh, there's somebody outside who just passed out from a seizure there's somebody inside who's getting up and they're getting ready to approach the pulpit mm. there's somebody who wants to talk to you in the middle of the service because there's a lot of times that we as the pastor we could we could calm somebody down in the middle of a service none of us like to be interrupted 
throws our train of thought off. It, sure. it, it kind of frustrates us. I mean, it you know, it, it kind of gets under my skin if somebody wants to interrupt me during the service, and that's probably a pride issue, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like because uh, it's like it's my turn to talk, not yours. You know? so, Lord like, told me to tell you. Lord told me to tell you. Sit right down. <laughs> yeah. So who's right? But yeah. you know, it, you have to train in those scenarios because if you are the shepherd, it ultimately comes back to your responsibilities. Right. And you have to be aware that other people have these giftings and these callings that you don't have. But then when, when you train with your people, you train with your teams, you, you, you run scenarios and you run scenarios of, you know, um, this, this, this lady over here stands up, starts screaming at this girl over here because they cross eyes at each other. And you have to be the one in the middle of the service to say, ladies, we're going to just calm down for right now. We're going to address that after the service. Or you have that one person where as soon as you take a break to, to breathe in your sermon, they want to say, well, wait a minute, I got a question. Are you saying about, you know, yeah. that happens to us. And we don't want it to happen because it's not the time or the place, but it happens. And then that can escalate. And we have to be the ones who, who cool it and, yeah. and yeah. calm them down and train with our team. And our team needs to know signs from us. Uh, this is one thing we've developed from for our team's sake is I can give them a sign of when this has gone too far. We got to remove this person. Yes, mm-hmm. um, we we train that way so that they know I don't have to say safety team come now. Yeah. I don't have yeah. to scream yeah. in, in terror. That should you know, never come out. They of your know mind, yeah. exactly. They know if somebody were to stand up in the middle of the service and start to address me. Um, I'm not giving the address to the church because I don't want anybody coming this Sunday to do this and try me. Somebody stands up to address me that I'm the one they're addressing. I'm going to handle it. Yeah. They know that. And so when I see that it has gone to a level where I can't control them anymore, I'm going to ask them politely to please sit down because we're going to finish the yeah. service and then you are welcome to stay with me yeah. after this time and we're going to talk and pray. And if they still refuse what's happening during that time is our safety team will move from their positions and start to close in on this person. They'll start to yep. corral, you know, very slowly, very, very, very discreetly. Yep. We won't have people run to tackle you know, <laughs> boom, all, off the side of the pew. Cause you, we're in pews, you know, yeah. so we got, we've got other issues that we're going to have to navigate. It's going to take time. So my job is not only to be the cooler, but it's also to buy them time to start getting in and moving people away. And they're going to have to get a pew behind this person and, and slide slide this lady out of the way and, and ask this gentleman if he would scoot over just a tad so they can get in there and they can be ready. And then we've got it situated to where, okay, when it, when it's gone too far, I'm going to ask the person now, would you leave? Yeah. Would you leave? Cause you're not helping the service right now. Mm-hmm. Once I ask them to leave, the safety team knows that if I make one step toward that person, that's their cue to swamp. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, so like we have to work together because they're dependent on me and they're dependent on me trying to, you know, give them cues as well, because not everybody who stands up in the middle of the service is, is, is there to just scream and have right. a shouting match. You can Sometimes you can calm people down. And we sure. want to do that because the last thing we want is our people to be scared, even if it's controlled. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want anybody to ever associate coming to church and, well, you remember that one time they had to tackle a guy? And, yeah, that's right. Like, exactly. he, he fell on me, and I was scared, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. want that. Like, yeah. we want to control this. We want this to not happen. So we train to make sure it doesn't happen. See, God, uh, that's, that's, God is not a God of confusion. That's right. And so when someone else stands up there and creates confusion, they're going to associate that with, yes, you know, oh, oh, this is what happened at church today. They're not going to hear anything else you say after that. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they've checked out. Oh, you see what happened today? <laughs> well, we all know what it's like when a screaming kid gets taken oh, yeah, out by the man. nap of their neck yeah, by their mom because right. they're getting ready to get whooped in the parking that's lot. That's right. And it's like you have to take a moment to say, let's pray for that kid. That's y'all. right. You know, so like, or you always I mean, have the mom that says, you know, I don't believe in that. They're just going to let him cry it out. I'm like, it. no, you're going to get that kid out. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, 
exactly. Don't cry, cry out outside. <laughs> yeah. And so when little confusing moments, that's perfect, right? Yeah, there. confusion. Yeah. You know, when a confusion yeah. moment happens for somebody, it just kills the whole service. Yep. The service is dead it. from there on if you're that's not right. careful, and, and and you have to regroup and readdress it. And so it's it's just vital again to train the medical training, having trauma kits on site, people who know what to do. Yes. you made it. You made it right too. You know, one person calls nine one one, and that's why I train with the with the team to be the one to tell everybody, don't everybody call 911 mm-hmm. right now. They've already been alerted. That's right. Like, yeah. I know they've been alerted. Don't worry. You don't all have to pull out your phones. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you got your gun, keep it to yourself. Yeah. That's right. You know? Saying the right things at the right time. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a number of AEDs that are uh, throughout our campus, too, and those are good investments. We've had to use those several Mm -hmm. times, and the way the technology is now is that if you don't need it, it will not work. So it is able to read your heart rate. It is able to kind of assess the situation through technology, and it will administer the response accordingly. But we have trained our security team in order to do that, but once again, our medical team is largely as now, does your that, that AED, may have been the that, easiest training we ever did as well. Oh, it does literally does it for you. It does, it, yeah, right. you just put it on there <laughs> and it <laughs> assesses. And if it doesn't need it, it will not. It, yeah. it will not administer a shock yeah. unless or whatever. Oh, yeah. unless does yours? Uh, does yours also coordinate with your local fire departments and local EMSs? readouts as well because it i know does. that they so it prints okay. out a readout yeah. so that when the uh the emts or whoever arrives you can hand them that readout and they can assess right. the situation right there good. yeah yeah and we we purchased one and then the next year we pur- so now i think we have six total throughout our campus but once again that's an investment and then you have to continue to maintain those ba- batteries etc so right. it's a right. continued investment but it's We've only used it that I know of probably once or twice, but it's worth it. It's, yeah, totally it's worth it. Well, yeah. well, one time and it's worth it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Honestly, just the 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 peace of mind of having something like that is honestly yeah. worth it. That's it. So, hey guys, hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, we are going to come back. We're going to have one more in this series. I hope you guys will join us again. Like I said before, uh, if this is not really applicable to your life, there are still a lot of good principles that can be taken from this. And I know this one went a little long. We'll try to make sure we keep the next one at about of our normal kind of 30 minute range. So, all right, guys, thank you very much. And we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the impact defense podcast. If you would like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefense.online. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.